This is The Space Shot, episode 346 for April 25th, 2018. Catching up with Apollo 16. I'm John Molnix. The last time we talked about Apollo 16, the crew had just launched. John Young, Charlie Duke, and Ken Mattingly lifted off on April 16, 1972, and four days later, on April 20th, John Young and Charlie Duke touched down in the Descartes region of the moon. The objectives for the penultimate Apollo lunar mission were to, quote, 1. Inspect, survey, and sample materials and surface features at selected landing site in the Descartes region, emplace and activate surface experiments, and conduct in-flight experiments and photographic tasks from lunar orbit. Additional objectives included performance of experiments requiring zero gravity and engineering evaluation of spacecraft and equipment. Okay, down at three, 50 feet, down at four, give me one quick up. Back it up slightly. Okay, two down, stand by for contact. Come on, let her down, you level off. Let her on down. Okay, 76%, 20 fat. Contact, stop. That was the landing audio from Apollo 16. One of my favorite surface activities on this mission wasn't scientific, it was more of a Grand Prix type exercise. John Young put the lunar rover through a series of hairpin turns, hard stops, S-turns, and driving that sounds like it could be on an episode of Top Gear. I'm linking to a video in the show notes that shows the lunar rover zipping along at a whopping 6 miles an hour or so. In the reduced lunar gravity, there's quite a bit of a rooster tail coming from the rover's tires. Speaking of wheels, there's a NASA website that's all about the wheels used on various missions. This timeline goes from early lunar missions to the newer wheel technologies being developed for future missions. Spring tires with shape memory alloys like nickel-titanium look similar to the Apollo tires, but the material they're constructed out of is unlike anything NASA has used up till this point. For Apollo 16, the lunar roving vehicle was an important part of the mission. It was battery-powered and had four wheels, each with its own individual motor. The ingenious design of this rover meant that it was stored in the lower part of the lunar module in a folded configuration. As the astronauts lowered the lunar roving vehicle from the lunar module, the aft chassis and rear wheels unfolded. Once the back was down on the ground, the forward chassis and wheels unfolded, and with that process complete, the astronauts were able to lower the rest of the rover onto the ground with a reel that allowed for a controlled descent. Once on the lunar surface, Young and Duke used the lunar roving vehicle to travel a total of 16.6 miles over three EVAs. The distance driven ranged from 2.5 miles on the first EVA to 7.1 miles on the last. 
the extra mobility from the lunar roving vehicle took the astronauts out to Spook Crater, House Rock, Shadow Rock, and various other craters they wouldn't have been able to travel to on foot. Time constraints meant that the third and final EVA was curtailed a bit in order to meet the ascent and rendezvous schedule for the mission. Young and Duke lifted off from the lunar surface at 8.26 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on April 23rd. NASA had decided to bring the crew back a day early due to some issues with the command and service module. Splashdown occurred on April 27th, and the total mission time for Apollo 16 was 265 hours, 51 minutes, and 5 seconds. Young, Duke, and Mattingly brought back 209 pounds of lunar material from this mission, nearly a quarter of all of the material brought back during the Apollo program. This flight was Charlie Duke's only space flight, quite the mission to go on if you ask me, landing on the surface of the moon for the first time into space is a hard mission to beat. Ken Mattingly flew on this mission and then later on STS-4 and STS-51C. We've talked about John Young numerous times before. He flew into space twice during Project Gemini, twice during the Apollo program on Apollo 10 and 16, and lastly on two shuttle flights, STS-1 and STS-9. The astronaut crossover between the Apollo program and the early shuttle flights is always something that's fascinated me. In the coming years, astronauts will be flying into space on a variety of American spacecraft, from Boeing's Starliner to the SpaceX Dragon capsule to the Orion capsule and others. It's interesting we'll be flying more types of spacecraft here soon than we ever have before. The Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo capsules plus the shuttle were four types of spacecraft, and soon we'll be having even more spacecraft fly with suborbital flights from Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic, in addition to the orbital class spacecraft that I mentioned earlier. So if you ever get sad about where we are in relation to programs past, just know that things are about to get a whole lot busier on the Space Coast. Tomorrow, STS-55, and Cassini gets a gravity assist. I hope all of you have a fantastic rest of your day. I appreciate each and every one of you that listen to the podcast every day. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could share the podcast with your friends and family. Tag one of them and let them know about your favorite episode. I'd also really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app, or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. A steady stream of reviews helps ensure The Space Shot is more visible in the Apple Podcasts app. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or check out the links in the show notes and you'll find me. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.